Bring it in and welcome to the Read Option Fantasy Football Podcast. I am so excited. I've been doing my fantasy homework now for the last couple of weeks, getting those gears turned that haven't been turned since last December, and I am chomping at the bits. I love fantasy football. I'm going to get this out of the way now. We all know no one cares about each other's teams. Don't talk to your friends about each other's teams. They don't care. But what's great about fantasy is we all care individually. You care about your team. You care about your league. And it's going to be a ton of fun. The trash talking, the matchups, I can't wait. And we got the full crew here. We're going to do a full breakdown to get you ready for your drafts, which I know some people have drafted already. But uh, I think Labor Day weekend, this upcoming weekend, is going to be a big time for it. So, boys, how are we? Doing great, man. Uh, had some drafts myself already. Uh, feeling great. Uh, I've gotten some prep in, like you said. I think everyone's just so excited to talk fantasy. And even if you have drafted, I think hearing our analysis on some of these picks is really going to uh, get you really, really excited. Or maybe start thinking about a trade week one, which uh, can happen, which is kind of wild. I, I can't wait for this season to start. But how you doing, Scotty? The commish is in the building. Commish is here, <laughs> and, and we are good to go. Uh, man, I'm I'm stoked for the league. This is always the best part. Is the uh, the the lead up and draft day and and all that fun stuff. Uh, I was prepping uh, over the weekend. I uh, watched your boy Rory win the uh, the tour championship. That was we all do. you, huh, Jeff? Yeah, we do need to shout out Rory uh, when he gave me his his tailor made ball uh, and his tee. That's where the season turned around, him, huh? It was, you know. <laughs> Uh, he and I are tight, you know, he sent me a little, a little DM and said, Hey man, just want to thank you again for that pep talk. When you yelled my name <laughs> drunkenly at the Wells Fargo championship, that really made a difference. It impacted him. So, uh, Rory, you're welcome. I'm happy to do it, but seriously, what an unbelievable, I mean, wow. Coming back from six strokes, the last couple of holes there on Sunday were unbelievable. Uh, $18 million for winning that 18 Not a bad day. million dollars Pretty good Sunday. Uh, and a wild <laughs> PGA season. I can't wait for that Netflix documentary. I don't think I'm more excited. The only thing I'm more excited for is football coming back. When the day that documentary starts coming out, I'm going to be fiending at the mouth for that. Um, fun fantasy related story here. I got, I literally about an hour before we hopped on, I got served my fantasy papers. There's a league that I've been in since college that my buddy was the commissioner of, and there was a coup to overthrow the commission. No, they booted him from the chair and they decided to move it down to a 10 team league. And me and uh, my other buddy from college, we got the ax. He's the defending champion and I'm the champion from two years ago. So it seems kind of bullshit, but you know yeah. what? You know what? They didn't want to play with the big boys. So, uh, yeah, we, I got wow. served my fantasy papers, which that's Jeff. Right, I'm going to start going from 12 to 10. Who does that? Yeah. First of all, and second of all, people who whoa, suck at th- fantasy. Yeah, this is this is actually you don't you don't do that. Like as I always say, you'll say you'll, that. Like say I, that. I don't know what is going on here, but that's uh that's that's like now at this stage in our life, there's not many things I feel like people get really fired up about. But like, yeah, some fantasy oh, leagues that you're in for a while that that could be fighting. I mean, we might have to TP someone's house. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not threatening anything. I'm just saying. Maybe get a some dog poop in a bag, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look in their defense. Uh, it, it was one of my best friends from college 
He was the commissioner, another one of our best friends from college. The three of us were in the group. And then everyone else were his best friends from like home and childhood and growing up. So if there were two people that were the logical choices for getting booted, um, we were the obvious choices. But you know what? It's uh, it's a little it's a little heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. You know, okay, you're in a better league now. Oh. You've been for a couple of years. Anyway. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. No, this league's great. And I'm only in one league right now, too. I'm in one league. So we're going wow. to we're going to stay locked in. You get my full attention is gone. The XFL 3.0, uh, the impetus of this podcast. Can't forget that. That's where this whole podcast started was from that this fantasy league. So it's, it's right. brought us a lot of joy. Uh, the way this is going to work in terms of this preview, we're going to go position by position. We're going to hit it through by tiers. Uh, if you know a lot of the people listening here, you guys play fantasy football, uh, you know it's all sectioned off out by tiers, right? You have your first round guys, your second round guys. Uh, and then within there, we'll have a little bit of debate as to who we have ranked higher, who we like more going into this season. Uh, and then we also are going to make sure we throw in your value picks. That's where you're always going to find it. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the strategy that goes into it, your handcuffs. Uh, and then it wouldn't be a fantasy football podcast without sleepers. We are always going to have sleepers, so we're going to be ready, aimed, and fired for all of this. So uh, historically in fantasy football, the running back position is the most important position, despite the fact that uh, you know running backs in the NFL don't seem to be valued the same way. So that's where we're going to start. Uh, if you look at a lot of the – now, we're going to be basing a lot all of our stuff off the ESPN rankings, which is the premier ESPN uh, fantasy football rankings. They're the number one fantasy – Thing, in my opinion um they've put so much into it scotty's shaking his head because forever reason he likes yahoo but uh, yeah, i get it ppr or not before we get started what do you think we well we can discuss it right um it can be a point of because everyone's going to be in different leagues we in our right. league are now going to be full ppr for the first time which is also really exciting it's going to change people's uh, draft strategies i think at least people who remember that we're yep. full PPR this year. So that's another thing too before we get into <laughs> our breakdown make sure you know all the rules of your of your league especially if you're in multiple leagues, just double check before the draft starts. So you know what you're getting yourself into. You'd be amazed at the amount of people who don't and go like, Oh shit. You know, why did Austin Eckler go like second overall? It's like, cause you're yeah. in a whole PPR league, dude. So and also if you have a crazy commission, you might have some custom scoring options out there, which have been known to happen in a couple leagues. So, mm -hmm. uh, especially you got a renegade running, running it. I've seen one where a quarterback, it's like six points for a touchdown. All of a sudden they were scoring like 600 points a season and everyone was like, what's going on. And he was the only one who knew. So just double check, you know, we need to do, by the way, next year, I'm going to petition for a super flex league. I think a super flex would be amazing where you get two flexes and one of them can be a quarterback. Yeah. I've heard everyone who does it says uh, that they actually wish they did it sooner, but mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't know yet. Because I then mean, all of a sudden the, the Daniel Joneses of the world like matter in fantasy football yeah. and it's, I think that'd be electric. Um, all right. Let's talk about, the 2022 NFL fantasy season, starting with the running backs. Um, overall, on average, the ADP here for ESPN, Jonathan Taylor, number one running back, McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook. And then you get into that Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, uh, that kind of a territory with some familiar names that have gone at the top over the last couple of years, starting to kind of fall down. Uh, guys like Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting year in fantasy because everything feels so competitive, you know, like there is no like clear line of delineation. Alvin Kamara could not go in the first round in some leagues and could end up being the number one fantasy player in the entire league. 
Uh, and that's kind of what makes this year as much of a crapshoot as it's ever been, which in a lot of reasons and a lot of perspectives, fantasy football is always a crapshoot. So uh, out of those top tier guys, right? Vito has the one, one pick in our draft. So I'm not going to ask him to tell, you know, who you take in number one, but if you're looking at this group of running backs, who's the number one guy in your estimation? To me, it, this is a, a toss up. I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't know how you cannot. Um, you know, I was actually watching NFL's top 100 finish up this past week. Uh, actually last night we're recording this Monday, but for you guys on Tuesday, it just came out, look it up on YouTube and you can see all the different positions, but Jonathan Taylor, just watching his highlights, seeing what he can do, you know, he has it all, but Derek Henry to me is the guy who I actually have right there as well. And I know it's a PPR league, but, um, especially if you're not, yeah, he was injured, but you got to remember he's the guy who in the playoff push of fantasy is putting up massive numbers. It's always in November and into December when he just starts going off. And that's exactly what it's team needs to win a championship. So to me, he's a, he's just one of the most uh, precious commodities out there. And he, for as, as talented and, and, you know, high scoring and fantasy as he is, he kind of supersedes that, you know, when you're in a PPR league, uh, it favors receivers, right? Because you get points for every, every reception they have. Derrick Henry doesn't do a whole lot of receiving. And we're talking about guys like McCaffrey, uh, Taylor, uh, Dalvin cook, even who's going to see more, uh, passing out of the backfield, uh, Najee too, Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon even, but those, those are the guys that give you the advantage in a PPR, Derrick Henry's so good, he he goes supersedes all of that and, and can get you points on the ground. That's just how good he is. He's unbelievable. And I've made the case here, too, with, with Derrick Henry in that, yeah, he was hurt last year. And Vito, you said a little bit of this, too. But he also had a year without getting you know his body banged up. And when you have a dude who runs as physical as he does – yeah, he took a year off and, and you worry about the steel plate in his foot, which I do believe they removed. That was just a short term thing. But the fact that he's got a whole almost a whole season off of just letting his full body recover, I actually think can be helpful for him. Right. He's going to come in with fresh legs. He's going to come in not feeling as banged up and as sore as he has in other seasons. And we've seen this with players before, like the weirdest example. But the one that I think is very true is someone like Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick missing three years, four years of his career for being in prison prolonged his physical abilities. It, it kept his arms stronger, it kept his speed up. It, you know, he was able to take hits later into his career when a lot of people thought, hey, you know, he probably wouldn't be able to do that because of the way he played the game. So I think Derrick Henry's poise have a really good year, especially because I don't know who they're throwing to in that offense. Robert Woods is going to be coming off of an injury and Traylon Burks I like and I think Traylon Burks could be really good. Um, but he's a rookie. So, you know, how much can you really rely on that? I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And I think Derrick Henry is going to get a lot of love. Uh, the two guys at the top there uh, in terms of ADP are Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. To me, they are polar opposites in terms of being ranked number one and number two, right? Jonathan Taylor, I think we all know is the safe choice. Who's put up a monster year last year is probably going to put up another monster year this year is just an all around stud can catch the ball at the backfield. Well, uh, and McCaffrey is the ultimate upside play. You know, he's played less than 10 games over the last two seasons. So we're, you know, if McCaffrey's healthy, like he was through the first four weeks last year, averaging, I think it was like 26 fantasy points a game through the first four weeks, yeah. then yeah, Christian McCaffrey should be the cleared number one overall pick. But we're basically saying, all right, 
if you're doing that, then you're trusting that he's going to stay healthy, which at this point, and especially if you judge based off the track record of running backs over the last couple of years, that's a hard bet to make and to make as, you know, comfortably. Oh, I agree. And you know, what's funny about this. If you actually look on ESPN's rankings again, which is what we're looking at in PPR total fantasy points projected Jonathan Taylor's number one average per game. Christian McCaffrey is higher. And I think they're just like, already planning on him not playing like i don't know how espn is doing this but they're already like yeah yeah we know he's he's actually probably better per game to your point but is he even going to be healthy enough and i love how that's already like almost incorporated into this it's like what's going on here i i don't think that's something you want to bet on on this high of a pick so for me when you're talking draft strategy the other guys kind of round out this top tier here austin eckler's up there right like you mentioned Najee, alvin Kamara. like there's a lot of of really good players right there who are going to get a volume share of the carries and you know, they will for the full year. I just don't know if McCaffrey is a guy I'm willing to, especially with a one or two pick, take a risk on and we'll get to the receivers later, but there's some talent there too. So to me, like I'm, I'm actually kind of avoiding McCaffrey a little bit um, when I'm setting up. And luckily I don't, I don't, I'm in that position where he's going to fall. But like, if you are, my point is look around because that first overall pick, if you look back at your seasons when you do poorly, it's usually because your number one pick was injured. Like mm-hmm. those guys need to be an anchor of your team. Would you feel comfortable drafting Christian McCaffrey number one or number two, Scotty? Uh, yeah, I think the the upside's there. Um, if you're asking me which one I'd rather have, I'd have I'd rather take Jonathan Taylor if I had the one dot one, because uh, again, the upside you get. Uh, we saw what he did last year, of course. Uh, and he's got a better offensive line in front of him. Uh, now that the the Panthers actually have a legitimate QB1 in Baker Mayfield, um, their QB1, not ours for fantasy purposes, just to make that clear. Um, but uh, they have that. They've got DJ Moore. Uh, there's there's more weaponry on the field, I think, offensively for the Panthers than there has been in, uh, in a couple of seasons. So uh, getting McCaffrey back is certainly a huge part of that. But... There's more mouths to feed, right? In, in Indianapolis, it's Taylor and it's Pittman, and that's pretty much it. Um, so I'd rather have Taylor for the for the money. But uh, yeah, I mean, look look what McCaffrey does when he's on the field. He's electric. He's one of the. I think he has, still holds the record for the uh, the most fantasy points ever scored uh, in a season. That was his rookie year. Um, so when he's healthy and he's playing uh, all or most of the season, he's going to be good. But that's the the always the big question mark. I'm I'm worried about McCaffrey, but at the same time, if he's healthy, he's the best player in the entire draft, especially in a PPR league. Like he just is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I there's no one else. I mean, if he's healthy, it's going to mark him down for 70 catches, mark him down for probably 12, 1300 rushing yards, and combined touchdowns probably in the neighborhood of 15 to 20. And yeah, and, I, and well, I, and I want to I want to comment on that because I think ESPN's projecting him low to all your points. He's projected number two, but let's just talk about this. They're saying that he's going to have 820 yards rushing, 10 total touchdowns. Now they're saying he's going to have 90 catches, which is a lot, but like 670 yards. I think this is actually lowballing a little bit. Like I think to your point, it could be a lot higher, especially in this PPR league where you're going to get a lot of rewards for that. And I'm, I'm curious too, if he's going to be, uh, if they factored in the injury stuff with, with mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, because if they did, then that explains it. Right. Cause if they don't, then he's on pace for even more than that. Um, yeah. it's going to be really, and Chuba Hubbard showed some flashes last year. Like I, I I'm curious if they're going to hold him, not necessarily to a snap count, but if they're going to give him more breaks if, and, or if they're going to use him as a workhorse for throughout the entire season, 
I, that's the other concern too, because don't forget they also got uh, signed Dante Foreman uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to be the third back there, um, and I think he's probably going to end up seeing more touches than uh, than Chuba Hubbard will. So there you go. You're going to have McCaffrey. But again, when he was healthy, he was still lining up in the slot mm-hmm. and making uh, making catches out of the slot as a receiver. Um, so he's not one-dimensional. He's not just getting the swing passes out of the backfield. Uh, he can if, do you're, it all. if you're non-PPR, this is Jonathan Taylor all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no uh, doubt. Or even if you're a calf point PPR, I think you are. Um, let's move down the list a little bit and talk about kind yeah. of the next tier, guys. Austin Eckler um Najee Harris Dalvin Cook Alvin Kamara you could put Joe Mixon in there he was I think to one of the top three fantasy running backs last year but again the injury bug with him is there the guy there that I'm the most concerned with heading into the season that isn't a stay away um even though he's one of my favorite players is Austin Eckler um it's been a you know three years ago it was all right, well, you know, or I guess two years ago, technically, you know, he was a sleeper that you could get at the end of the first round. And he was really, really good. And then the next year he jumps up the boards a little bit. And and last year he stayed healthy and, and was pretty productive. But they kept trying to, you know, because they brought in the offense coordinator from uh, New Orleans and they kept on saying, oh, they're going to use him like Alvin Kamara. They're going to use him like Alvin Kamara. I, I, I don't think Austin Eckler is Alvin Kamara. I just don't I don't think he's that kind of a guy. Uh, and I think that offense is going to be a lot of airing it out and he's going to be valuable in PPR leagues. But of that group, I think he's the one that I'd be the most hesitant about taking in the first round. Yeah, same. And for me, it's it's mostly the injury concern, uh, right? Like uh, that we know that he's good and, and he's good out of the backfield. But again, now you're in year three of Justin Herbert, who's going to they're going to let him loose. Uh, you're in uh, year four. 15 or whatever with Keenan Allen, who's a possession receiver. who's going to be relied upon and Mike Williams who blew up last year uh, on the fantasy scene. So uh, all, all guys who are good receivers uh, with, uh, with one of the top three. And when we talk about them, one of the top three quarterbacks uh, in fantasy thrown to him. I don't know that there's going to be a lot of volume out of the backfield uh, beyond running for Eckler to have. I don't know about that. And why I say that is because I, I actually think his upside, um, it, there's more to gain, I guess, out of here. I think he, he's a sneaky guy, especially in PPR, because I do think, you know, 70 catches last year. Jeff, this season you were talking about was like a, over 105 or 110. I don't know. It was yeah. somewhere around there. So, you know, he has the capability to really be a, a number one. But I think, remember what we saw last year, just talk Exynos for a second, about Patrick Mahomes and everyone just played too deep. And let's keep it all in front of us. I think Herbert's going to start seeing a lot of that. Hmm. And I think if he does Eckler out of the backfield, I could see him just dinking and dunking for five yards. Like he'll take that. And that Mm -hmm. might be what defenses give him. So I think that like, as to your point, Scotty, I think they've got more explosive. And I think because of that, it's going to force a much more retreated uh, defensive attack and approach. And, and I actually think that's why Eckler is going to have over a hundred catches this year. I just think like actually on the running side, I just think he's, they're going to throw a lot. And I don't know, um, you know, on his side, 200, 200 touches on the run game probably. And, you know, hopefully he could do that, but he was actually, I think it was said he was 21st in like actual yards per carry, right. He's not like the most, the greatest runner of all time. He's just dynamic and skilled. And to that point, I don't know if, you know, I'd rather have him in a PPR, get a lot of receptions, but if you're in a standard league, he's still going to maybe even get most of his yards out, out of receiving. We don't even yeah. know. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's of value in PPR leagues. I'm I'm less concerned with the injury stuff because, you know, last year he did play the full season. Um, 
it's going to be more of the offense. Uh, what do they do if they end up getting ahead? Or, you know, or is he going to get the bulk of the carries at that point? Is he going to be splitting time? Um, because he's not the traditional run between the tackles guy, but he can do that. So, I, I mean, 200 carries. He had 70 receptions last year for a little over 640 yards. Um, it's going to be an interesting season for Austin Eckler. I'm really excited for Najee. Um I think Najee, after leading the league in carries last year, I think he's going to be one of those late first rounds because we're going to see him. We'll get to this when we get to the wide receivers, but there are going to be a lot of wide, more wide receivers drafted in the first round this year than we're ever accustomed to. Right. Um, just because of the value of Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. I think all three of those guys have chances to go in the first round of your fantasy league. And there's probably someone who's going to do that with Debo as well. Um, and, and understandably, but at the same time, if Najee falls to you at number eight or number nine, I'd say the same thing with Eckler, like the value that you can get on some of these guys that are going late because people are going to take risks on wide receivers, or you might be in a league where one of those people takes a quarterback in the first round for whatever reason. Um, I, not I would, ours. Not our league, fortunately, but there are a lot of people who are in leagues that way, you know, who, are, yeah. who have casual football fans who are like, oh yeah, Lamar Jackson, I don't know how I'm going to take him in the first round. Um, I think Najee's the guy I'm highest on out of that second group. Um, Dalvin cook has never stayed healthy through a full season and he's always great when he's there, but he's, you know, he misses a lot of games. And, and again, if it's back half of the first round, yeah, you'll take Dalvin cook there when he was drafting the top three, top four last year. Uh, and then Alvin Kamara is a huge question mark. Cause I think he's become underrated. I think the last year without drew Brees, obviously some of his numbers went down. Um, but Kamara is going to be really good still. Like he's still, the heartbeat of that offense and the saints, I think as a whole are the hardest team to figure out going into the season. I, I don't know what to expect from the saints. Uh, Alvin Kamar can continue this, or this could be closer to the, you know, the ledge for him where he starts to fall off afterwards. So I think I would take Najee, take the young legs, take an offense. that's going to run the ball a lot and he's going to get some more stuff out of the backfield. Um, but I don't know, which of that crew are you guys in on? Uh, if you're in the middle, uh, of the draft. I think on the, in the second round, you could probably get good value of a guy. Uh, and of that group, I think he's, he's one of the the ones I'm more excited about um, in, in many ways, more than even and uh, Camara. Uh, but Aaron Jones, I think is going to mm. have really good value catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, look with Devonte Adams and, and Marquez Valdez Scantling leaving that leaves 224 targets from last year. Um, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to want to throw the ball Aaron Jones last year had uh, 65 targets, 52 catches, and 400 yards out of the backfield. On top of the way he runs the ball, it's a good offensive line. I think there's a lot of value there if you can grab him in the middle of the second. I think, yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think, though, just to round out the, that, the first here, because I think, to your point, if you're middle of the second round, you're probably getting one of these guys in the first. Or you're going to have the opportunity. And I think, Jeff, Najee Harris, to me, I got in my league when I drafted seven in one of my leagues. I think um, – you know, he's great. Now, Kamara wasn't there. I, I think Kamara, he has such a high share of the offense, to your point. But I, I would do the same thing, get the younger legs. Also, I think Najee's on on an incline. I think, so you're just watching some of the preseason games and Kenny Pickett and just what's happening at quarterback. Like, I think he's going to play at some point this year. And not to mention, I think that team is going places a little faster than I thought. And, uh, man, Najee with that, that team, I think it's going to do really well. I think Kamara is going to have a lion's share if he can stay healthy. Uh, then that you're, you're, 
you know, you got, and you got the, uh, the turn. What are these next guys that you see? Are you going to take out of the turn? Cause you're used to that, right? Do you go like running back, running back sometimes? It depends. Um, I, last year I went Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey and, and I mm. went with, I went with the little marriage there and, and it worked out really well. I mean, I, I they yeah. were lighting it up right off the bat. Um, it always depends on how the draft falls to you. And that's so much of this too, is you have to know two or three guys that you like at every time you're about to pick up, you have to try to project who's going to be there. Um, if you get, if someone falls to you, right, you're drafting at 10 and Najee Harris falls to you at 10, you jump on that because the value that's presented there is something that you just can't miss on. Derek Henry, I, I watched a buddy do a draft a couple of weeks ago and Derek Henry fell to him at nine. Damn. You know, and I was like, dude, you have to jump on that. Um, and that's stuff that happens in fantasy drafts. So, yeah. um, and sometimes there's, there's risk involved. Last year I was in a league and, and Saquon Barkley fell to me at, at 11 and I took him at 11, you know, he ended up not being good, but for where the value was, it was worth the risk, you know, and that's one of the things that you kind of have to play on. Um, strategically, it's always about, I'm a big fan of best player available, just like we say in the NFL draft. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you kind of worry about the rest later. Um, there are people who have won with the whole no running backs theory where you go no running backs with your first two picks and then you, you build out the rest from there. And there's people who have won by taking running back running back in their first two picks. So uh, fantasy football is very weird that way. And it's always going to end up being a crapshoot. Uh, what's interesting. So da uh, Alvin Kamara on his average draft position is about 10. Aaron Jones, to your point, Scotty, is 21. And he's a guy that there's going to be a lot of value with him. It's particularly in the second round. I think he's going to be a monster this year, even though he's going to be splitting more carries with AJ Dillon. I do think they're going to be running the ball a lot. So I think there's going to be opportunities there. Um, so then we have some of the, the classic guys in that second round, Mixon, DeAndre Swift. Um, Leonard Fournette is being drafted at uh, 19 right now is his ADP. Um, uh, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, your guy, Vito, who I'm also Love very him. high on. James Conner, uh, touchdown machine. What do you have, like 18 touchdowns last year? Um, and then you can throw in Nick Chubb. Saquon Barkley, like Nick Chubb's ADP right now is 28. I can't believe on ESPN, that. Um, which I sometimes fantasy rankings just don't always make a lot of sense. Sometimes people end up, you know, being scared away. But in that offense this year, too, with Brissett now going to be the quarterback for the first 11 games, you got to go after him. You know what I mean? Like you have to run the ball. You have to get yards somewhere. And I know, you know, Kareem Hunt's there, too. But you're going to get a lot of traction and a lot of yards and a lot of bites at the apple with, with Nick Chubb. So um, give me one yeah. guy there in the second round that you're, you're kind of keying after. You really want, you know who it's, <laughs> the answer is, man. Saquon to me is in that second tier, truthfully. If he's healthy, I, I think the, the rest he's had, he's got a better offensive line, a completely new scheme, a quarterback fighting for his life. I think this is a great year and a great spot to take Saquon if he stays healthy, if you're confident in that, or he's your second or maybe even third running back, depending on how your draft falls, uh, then you get real value out of it. But I think he's he's legitimately in that second tier with uh, with Derrick Henry, Kamara, and, and them boys. You know, this is, um, for me, I, I, I don't want to be a homer and say Javante Williams. I think I'll have an increase, but remember, he is still going to share with, with – um, Gordon signed back up. So he, you know, it's going to split a little bit, but I think he's going to increase, but to me, it's Nick Chubb. I mean, they're basically saying that 
the projection right now, as low as he is, is projecting that he's going to have the same stats he did last year and he missed games, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the whole point is he's going to, if he can stay healthy, he's a guy that easily is a first round pick. I mean, so you're betting on his health. I also, the other guy I was going to mention, J.K. Dobbins. I feel like mm-hmm. J.K. this year, finally being healthy, having the chance to be that number one just workhorse. Man, I know he didn't you know play at all last year, but I really, really am, was high on him. I am high on him now. I think he's the guy, if you get him at an RB2, if you get this guy to flex, I mean, that that is an elite third pick for you, um, yeah, you know, and, and then that way you're you're securing, you know, that flex position and two running backs, which I've done before, three running backs right away. Man, even if it's PPR league, sometimes that's just the way to go. So those are my guys, Jeff. What about you? Sorry, yes, for one, I gave you like three. No, no, that's perfect. Um, J.K. Here's Dobbins 12. right now, average, <laughs> average draft position is 53.8. Um, so he's a guy that you can wow. definitely get third and fourth rounds. Um, I'm not as high on him just coming off the ACL and everything. He's got a lot, he's had a lot of time to heal. So that's definitely a plus. Um, I really love Deandre Swift, the talent I'm more worried about, Hey, is Detroit going to be in enough games? Are they going to run the ball consistently or, or is, you know, is the opportunity share not going to be there because they're throwing the ball so much to try to get back into football games. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is the safe pick. But there's one guy I do want to throw out because it's not a sexy or fun name to pick. Um, but James Conner, and for a specific reason, he's not going to get 18 touchdowns again like he did last year. But Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals over the last three seasons have been number one by a large margin on, of a goal line handoffs. Right? When it's goal to go and you are, you know, at right there, even though it's – you know, Cliff Kingsbury and you, you think passing it, they'll do something creative with Kyler. Um, they hand the ball off. And I think James Connor's a guy that it's not going to be fun. It's not the sexy, trendy pick to, to go out and grab, but it's worth it. And you could say something similar about Leonard Fournette. I'm not as big of a fan as Le- of Leonard Fournette as ESPN is uh, right now. He's his ADP is 20. Um, I would rather like they have him ranked ahead of Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, James Connor. Um, your boy Saquon, I would much rather have any of those guys I named after than Leonard Fournette, um, mainly because I'm just I'm getting weird vibes from this Tampa Bay team this year. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm getting weird vibes. So we'll see. Um, the last guy who is you'll see go in that kind of rank, um, who I'm very high on is Cam Akers. Um, Cam Akers comes back mm. for the Super Bowl last year after tearing his uh, ACL in training camp. Um, that dude is a monster and you yeah. are, he, he's going to be available late unless you have people who are set up on auto draft. He's going to be a, a prime candidate for auto draft. Um, I, I think he's going to have a really, really good year. Uh, maybe not quite Todd Gurley esque from some of the prime Todd Gurley years there in, yeah, in, in LA, that's, but that's my, that's my one thing is that Sean McVay has figured out that uh, running two running backs all year, instead of running one into the ground and then depending on the second one you need them uh, is not the way to go as they did with Todd Gurley and even the last uh, two years uh, with Cam Akers and uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. So they're going to get, you know, a lot of split there. Um, That's the only thing I'd be worried about, but having one of those two guys, especially if you get a third, like at the three, four turn for Akers, you can get value out of that or or Daryl Henderson Jr. late. Definitely. Um, there's this last kind of bottom tier starting guys you'll see in flex positions a lot that I want to get to as well. Um, David Montgomery from the bears. 
uh, you know, had 850 yards last year, caught almost 50 balls out of the backfield. Um, in a PPR league, there's actually some sneaky value there. Uh, you got this guy's another one who it's crazy to see how far he's fallen, but Ezekiel Elliott, um, I, I know he's not the Zeke of years past. He, last year, he ran for a thousand yards. I'm yeah. fading that hard. Let he, I'm fading that so hard. I'm not. I'm still on him. I'm with you. I think people are giving up on him too fast. I, I'll take him. I'm glad people are over him. I'll pick I, him up late. To me, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if it's a third-round pick and he falls to you and, you know, at the end of the third round and all of a sudden – because he's not even in the top 50 and on ADP right now. So, that's tremendous value for a guy who's coming off of another 1,000-yard season with 10 touchdowns, 50 catches for 300 yards. Um there's a lot of value in Ezekiel Elliott. And I, and I know he's not the guy that we always thought he was or were accustomed to, but um, I'm, I'm more in on Zeke than I've, I've been before. Um, and that's, that's coming as an Eagles fan. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, your guy there in San Francisco, if he's, when he was healthy, he was amazing. And we know how well they can run the ball in San Francisco. I think he, again, basically any San Francisco running back, is a good, a good guy to pick up and throw in your flex spot. If you need somebody, you know, from free agency, you'll see guys like Elijah Mitchell pop up. Who's in the stable of running backs this year for San Francisco, Scotty? Cause most has gone. Who else, who, who else uh, is Trey left? Sermon's still in the mix. Uh, who's mm-hmm. the, the one we drafted out of LSU. Uh, oh God. Well, either way, any San Francisco running back is worth taking a flyer on, yeah. uh, especially later in the draft. But Elijah Mitchell will be the typical like number. Like he is the the guy that you would draft if you're going to draft somebody, and you can probably get him somewhere in the third or fourth round comfortably. Um, Devin Singletary still going to be the lead back for Buffalo. I know James Cook. There's a lot of there was a lot of buzz about him, but so far in preseason, Devin Singletary has been the number one running back. Um, he's yep. been the guy who's taken every snap in the preseason, uh, miles Sanders, if you want to take a risk, I mean, at this point it's a risk, uh, and I love miles, but it just, it is what it is. Uh, you have the, the one, two punch in, uh, new England, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Uh, and then, you know, then you're kind of getting down to your Antonio Gibson's, your chase Edmonds, Cordell Patterson, AJ Dillon, um, and some of those guys there at the bottom. Uh, any of those names I, or anyone in that group stick out to you that we haven't talked about? Uh, to me, I mean, I, I think you covered what you need to on most of them. But another thing I was going to throw out there, if you're looking like late, again, you need someone. Look at, again, you want a line share carries. Now, Cordell Patterson had a big year last year. We're obviously expecting him to take a step back. If he has anything close to his, his value last year or where he's been drafting, it's there's a huge distinction there. So you might want to look at him if you need, if you need a home, like a boomer bust player late. Cause you're like, Oh shoot, I don't have a third running back and I need someone to maybe throw into it, you know, a game once in a while he's out there. Damian Pierce out of Houston. Um, it's actually a good guy late so in the draft. Hold, hold that thought. Cause I wanted to get to that because okay. I, my next question was of the rookies. And, and, and in my mind, there's three and one of them is not a rookie, but by all intents and purposes is going to be a rookie this year. Uh, so you have Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, who's going to be the lead back for the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the guy you just made, I mentioned, Damian Pierce from the Houston Texans. And then Travis Etienne missed all of last year with the Liz Frank injury, uh, is coming back. We know how much, I mean, right away, the Trevor Lawrence connection, right? This guy was a first-round pick. We know the skill set. He was explosive. He was incredible in college. Reports out of training camp are that he's looked really, really good. Um He's a guy that, hey, flyer with upside, 
you know, maybe doesn't even crack your starting lineup, but other people will go after him because he's a name people know. Um, I think Travis Etienne is going to be in that group. So you like Damian Pierce. So go ahead and make the case for Damian Pierce there, Vito. I think what it comes down to is this Houston offense was not as deleft as everyone I feel like felt. Um, the score didn't show, but the yardage did. And I think that's that's an important piece here. When we're talking about fantasy, you're going to have a guy who, yes, he is on the Texans who are not expected to be very good if you listen to our preview podcast, but they're still going to have to hand the ball off. And, and he's the guy right now. So in my mind, you know, as the game and as the season keeps going, you want a guy who's a number one. He's going below a lot of teams, number two running backs. So at that point, you might as well take a shot at a number one guy who's a rookie who could have a breakout year. You never know what happens down there. A line gels or, or they, they, you know, have one pulling guard play that works well. It, it lights up, you know, and you can get a couple hundred yards easily from a guy. So he's a great guy when you're talking about, again, a late flex or if you need a, a running back that's kind of a boom or bust or maybe I guess for him, it's a little more steady than some of these other guys. So if you, you know, on a bye week, you're gonna have to sub him in. He's a great guy that you'd be looking for. And I think a lot of people look at him and they make the comp um, uh, immediately to James Robinson from two years ago, you know, late round rookie getting a chance to have the line share on a bad team. And all of a sudden James Robinson won people their leagues that year. You know, if you had James Robinson, there was a good chance that you were going to be because just the value that was there and people are trying to catch it early. So I know his ADP has been jumping up faster and faster Uh, because of that. He's going to be one of those trendy picks by the time your draft comes around. So the one thing I would say though, I do like him as well. And I like that pick don't overdraft Damian Pierce. You know, don't yep. be so eager to where it's like, hey, back into the third round, you're like, oh, I really kind of like <laughs> this guy. I don't know if he's going to be there on my next pick. Don't be too quick to overdraft uh, a guy like Damian Pierce because, yeah, Damian Pierce could end up being a stud. He could end up being a guy who's really productive in fantasy, but at the same time, he is a rookie and a late round rookie at that. And we're not really sure um, exactly what we're going to see. Uh, the only other rookie I forgot to mention there was Kenneth Walker as well. Um, I think he'll get once he's healthy, he'll get a bunch of carries there for Seattle. But that will be much more of a, a fifth, sixth round pick. Um, maybe if you end up going, you know, wide receiver he's... in the first round or, or, you know, no RBs in the first two rounds, the zero yeah. RB method, you know, maybe at that point you might. But he's going ahead of the, the current starter, Rashad Penny. Like it's wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I think what we saw to Rashad Penny last year, and we mentioned this when we went over the AF, or NFC uh, West, but I think this, that was a little bit of a flash in the pan for Rashad Penny. He had an unbelievable stretch. Um, he's another guy that I would kind of stay away from. Um, anything else here? Anyone we missed? We didn't talk about like Clyde Edwards Elaire, who I think could be a nice guy to pick up, have on your bench or in a flex spot. Um, Chase Edmonds, I think, has some, is some interest there as well at 31. Um, I do want to bring up here too, since we were talking about the running backs, uh, the rookie running backs. Um, Brian Robinson, that story was at, is awful. So thoughts and prayers out to Brian Robinson and, and his whole family um, was shot in a carjacking yesterday in Washington, D.C. So uh, thoughts and prayers to them. He was another one of those rookies that people were coming up. But there was a report today from Ron Rivera that there's hope that he'll actually get a chance to, to play here this season. So speedy yeah. recovery to, uh, to Brian Robinson um, of the Washington Commanders. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I don't really have any other like late round uh, guys. Yeah. The last question I, mean, I have for you guys are just who, if unless you have someone there, Scotty, I just was going to ask about handcuffs. No, you know, yeah, that's exactly where I was going to oh. go. Who are the guys you love in, in the handcuff? We know Vito loves a good handcuff. So, uh, I mean, there's there's stuff to be had <laughs> out here. Good time. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll jump right into it. Guys, I love Tony Pollard has 6.2 yards per touch last season. Yeah. Um, is is at the top of the list there. Of course, um, one of the two uh, in New England, whether it's uh, uh, Damian Harris or uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, a good handcuff. And then Melvin Gordon, for me, is an obvious one who's got uh, just about, I think his over-under for, for yards this season, the last I saw was about 200 and uh, 50 lower than Javante Williams, but I think it's going to be more 50, 50, uh, uh, the closer we get to the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's projected right now, at least based off of what was coming out of camp is that Javante was going to be the the primary back. Um, but yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon, they're paying him. He's, he's going to get a bunch of touches there. Um, I mean, the, this, the, the gold standard has been Tony Pollard for the last couple of years, but another one that I think is going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get, he's, a semi-starter almost, you know, um, a, in terms of just pure handcuff to me, the top guy is still Alexander Madison. Um, mm. he's been a great handcuff for the last couple of years, had almost 500 yards last year filling in. Um, and I think he, he only played in, uh, or he only started in, I was think it was like 10 games. So a little more than half the season. Then he had just about 500 yards. Uh, and with Dalvin cook's injury history, I mean, Alvin, uh, Alexander Madison, if you're drafting Dalvin Cook, you have to spend a draft pick on Alexander Madison, too. Yeah, I, I think to me, the number one guy in that category is Kareem Hunt. I think no matter what, like he hasn't played that much yet or uh, yeah, he hasn't played that much recently. But the thing about him is no matter what, he's always up there when he gets carries high yards per carry average, really good around the goal line. Um, and they're going to keep running again. They don't have Deshaun until week. 12. So, uh, you know, as we're, as we're going through the whole league, you know, they're going to be leaning on the run game and that means both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and I'll throw out Naheem Hines as well. I think he deserves a, Uh, I had one more that you, I can't believe you forgot Jeff, the, the high upside late round you can get out of your guy, Kenny G Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. I so he, he has not looked great in camp so far. So I'm I'm starting to kind of fade Kenny Gainwell a little bit, um, which is concerning. And the fascination with Boston Scott in Philadelphia uh has not gone away. But yeah, he's a touchdown eater. <laughs> yeah. I um I know. Yeah, I mean, look, late round flyer, you know, if he's still on the board and you're looking for depth and think, hey, you know what? If Miles Sanders ends up getting hurt again or he's just con- continuing to be kind of disappointing, then yeah, Kenny, Kenny Gainwell's a good guy to have on your roster. Uh, all right, let's switch over to the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks in this year's draft. Another weird year, uh, another weird uh, position, I should say. Um, this kind of goes across the board, but we have as much depth at the quarterback position in fantasy as I can remember. Um, when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are ranked eighth and ninth, <laughs> you know, uh, and Russell Wilson's ten, you know, it's it says a lot about how much depth there is. So, I mean, if Matthew Stafford right now is ranked as the 12th best, so if you're in a 12 team league, you should theoretically end up with at least Matthew Stafford as your quarterback, which uh, is not the worst place to be. And that still includes guys like Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins uh, on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, at the top here, I think it's three guys, um, and then there's two guys, three guys also who kind of fit a different category. So the first three: Josh Allen, Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Uh, I think they're going to be your the guys who throw for the most. I think they are all weapons uh, running the football as well. They'll be able to get you a couple of running touchdowns here and there. Uh, and they're going to throw a lot of touchdowns this year. Uh, between all of them, Josh Allen had 36 touchdown passes last year. Mahomes had 37 and Justin Herbert had 38. 
So you're getting a ton of offensive production from those three guys. Uh, who is the number one quarterback on your list right now if you're taking between those three guys? Josh Allen. I think it's not only the cannon arm, it's the uh, development of Gabriel Davis on the other side of Stephon Diggs. It's, um, and also his running ability. We're saying he's going to run. I mean, he is an elite runner, and he scores touchdowns, and he has a lot of big runs. It's not just – he stays in bounds. He goes down, but he'll stay in. So he's looking to get the most yardage there. I think for me, he's the guy. If, if you're going to take a quarterback early, I think you take Josh Allen. If not, um, I actually not – I don't think there's a massive gap between the next couple guys and, to your point, the next five or six after him. So, um, to me, he's the only guy this year that I would jump up to, to grab early. It's Mahomes for me. I, I mean, it, it's prove it until you can't, right? And, and I know we've, I've pontificated about Justin Herbert on this show – uh, he's my favorite quarterback in the National Football League, not named Trey. Uh, and, but I think Patrick Mahomes has higher upside in in fantasy based on what he can do, like what he's proven he can do. Um, I, I don't know, Jeff. Uh, like, are any of these three guys? Because everything I've seen, they're going anywhere between rounds two and late round three. Uh, are any of them worth it for you at that point, though? Um, I took Josh Allen in the third round last year and it worked out pretty well. Um, uh, I'll say actually, I might've been around later. I second, third rounds are typically no goes for me with quarterbacks. Um, if I'm at the back end of the third round, then, you know, I'll consider it. Um, but at the same time, it's all about how you kind of want to build your roster and how it's coming to you. Like, again, if it's middle of the fourth round and Mahomes is there and you're not going to you know, pick for another 10 picks, then it might be worth it to go up and get one of these guys. Um, I would say the same thing about the next three categories who are more mobile quarterbacks, but Josh Allen ran for 700 yards last year, yeah. you know, and you know, you know, you're going to get rushing yards. You're going to get rushing touchdowns with Josh Allen. Uh, in addition to the big arm, Herbert ran for almost three, uh, Herbert and Mahomes both ran for a little over 350 yards last year. So you're going to get production from those guys uh, in a bunch of different ways. I think because of how deep the quarterback position is and the fact that guys like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are going to be going as your sixth quarterback taken. I don't think it's worth drafting them that high. I think you let somebody else make that mistake and you play the depth because again, if even if you end up with Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady as your starting quarterback, you're still in a really good spot and you might be able to steal a, you know, a guy like T Higgins um, who's going around the same time that Mahomes is or Cam Akers or Terry McLaurin or someone like that, who's going to be in that same position. Um, you're going to be able to take a chance and, and draft someone else who's going to give you more depth than the rest of your roster and still get really, really good quarterback production. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't I, think I, it's worth going up for any of them. I agree. I think when you, and when you talk about those, like you said, you go into the running quarterbacks, Lamar is great. Kyle is great. And Dak can light it up. Tom Brady's sitting there right now projected at eight overall. When you skip your boy Jalen, who's up at four, which I think is really high for him. I, I love him, but I, that's that's a that's a lot, man, to put on on in fantasy to though. Increase. I mean, he was a top five fantasy quarterback last year. I mean, he scored three hundred twelve points last year in the typical one, but we're talking about the guys above him, like Josh Allen scored over four hundred. You know, there's a huge gap, but then but from him down to even some of these later guys, like I think that over three hundred points, I think it's easy to say Russell Wilson will, and he's he's ranked tenth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's that there's that I, I guess to your point. Yeah, he's top five. But I think those first three to your point is a tier and there's a lot in two. And think about this. 
Brady, Aaron Rodgers are like mid-round guys now, right? Like or mid, they're five, they're eight and nine ranked respectively, and they still one won MVP and one was just ranked the number one player on NFL's top 100 list voted on by the players. So like those are two elite players that you can get. And if that's your mid-tier quarterback, I'd rather, to your point, let's get skill positions, fall back on the QBs. Yeah. Um, so out of the, the next tier there, Lamar, Kyler, Jalen, and you could probably even throw Dak in that mix too. Um, and I, I promise it's not just because it's four black quarterbacks, even though it does kind of make it seem that way. Um, I, I'm curious, right? Because all of them have question marks. Um, but all of them have ridiculous upside. All of them could end up being the number one fantasy quarterback. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray did it a couple of years ago. We know Lamar's done it. Jalen Hurts was top five in his first year as a full-time starter. And Dak has lit it up over the last couple of years as well. Threw for almost 4,500 yards last year, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, and that's the year coming off of the ankle injury. So uh, who would you put, who is your favorite of that four? Who's the one that you you would you know, sign off, say, this is my golden lock out of this crew. And then who's the one that you're staying away from? I'm locking in Lamar um, just because I purely love him. Uh, Dak Prescott's probably to me is the easiest one because he uses his legs the, le- the least. So he's probably the most consistent for injury sake. The, re- the other three, right? Like uh, uh, it's just a little more risky, but I love Lamar and I'm staying away from Kyler. And it's two reasons. One, I know Jeff, you have your own problems with Kyler, but for me, it's yeah, he's done really well. But we all know it's it's very much early on, and it's the opposite of what we talked about with Derrick Henry. As the playoffs come, Kyler starts deteriorating. So if that's your quarterback, you don't want a quarterback who is almost always in the fall, late in the fall, November, December, played worse ball and gets injured. Uh, that's not what you're looking for out of the team here. So uh, that that's are my picks. What do you think, Scotty? Uh, my lock is probably controversial, but you're going to love this, Jeff. Jalen Hurts is my Mm. lock. Um, He's been a top fantasy quarterback over the the, uh, stretches of the past few years. Um, I think he finished QB8 last year in full PPRs, Uh, but he's going to – he's got two of the best receivers in the league, and we'll talk about them when we get there, Uh, but he – you know, AJ Brown is going to have really good value where you're going to get him. And so is Devontae Smith. If Jalen Hurts' decision making is such that we think it is going to be growth wise, then he should be well within the, the range of, of top four or five fantasy quarterback this year. Um, not to mention that their schedule is super favorable. Um, so if we're talking about getting to the playoffs, we're playing defenses at the beginning of the year like Detroit. Uh, Minnesota, Jacksonville, uh, uh, Houston, uh, Washington twice. Uh, Those are games where you can get up and have a 20, 25-plus point game. Um, And and that's what I'm looking for, especially out of the the quarterback. If you're going to drop down to that that tier and take the value, I want consistency. I think Jalen, with the the schedule and and with the growth this year, I think he's good for, for easy 25 points per. I think Jalen's going to be a stud. Um, I've talked about that, that on this podcast before. I think he's going to be a really, really good fantasy quarterback. The question for me is how much more or less does he run compared to last year? He had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I would expect that to regress a little bit. Uh, had almost 800 yards rushing, but some of that was out of necessity. Some of that was out of scrambling. 
he's going to have better options this year. He's going to work on throwing the ball more and not pulling the ball and scrambling more. And I think that might hurt some of his production, the designed runs for him, you know, the, the play when he destroyed that the, uh, the, the knee of that new Orleans saints defensive lineman last year, right? Like he snatched an ACL from that dude. And it, it was unbelievable. That was on a designed run that he then took to the house for a touchdown. I'm not sure how much of that we're going to see out of Jalen this year. I'm, we're still going to see a bunch of it, but now that he has AJ Brown, you got Devontae in the second year, Dallas Goddard's the full-time starter. The offensive line is going to continue to be really, really good. And then even still, you have a guy like Quez Watkins on the outside does your burner as your deep ball threat. And everything out of Eagles camp is that Jalen Hurts' arm strength has, has gotten significantly better. I would expect to see better passing numbers, but maybe a dip in the running side of it, which ultimately means he's probably going to be right in that spot. Like you were saying, Scotty, at about 25 points per game. Um, I know I'm definitely staying away from Kyler as well. Vito, I love the point you made. 100% right. End of the season when you need these guys the most, he has not been there. Um, and with, I don't know how that team's going to look without DeAndre Hopkins in the first six games, Kyler Murray's numbers without DeAndre Hopkins are abysmal over the course of his career. Um, if you're looking for consistency, Dak's the guy he just is, he's, he's going to throw for a lot of yards. He's going to throw for a lot of touchdowns and they're going to win a bunch of games. Um, but I think out of this crew, I'm going to go with Lamar as my stone cold, like lock, um, Lamar coming back off the injury. Uh, and, and with an improved team minus the amount of wide receivers, he's going to run the ball a lot. And he was, I mean, he played in 10 or was it 12 games last year and still ended up with 770 rushing yards. He didn't find the end zone as much, but that dude just eats up yards running the football. And if you're going to go with a scrambling quarterback, I think I'd rather go with Lamar um, with Jalen Hurts being a close second. Uh, Brady. Rodgers, Wilson, Stafford, uh, and then Burrow is the other one there that's kind of wrapping that up. Who would you be the most happy there? All the top six quarterbacks are gone. Who's the one that you're thinking, all right, like, damn, like this guy fell to me, it's sixth round. Who are we going after? Russell Wilson. Mm. That's It's easy for me. He's got the best core of wide receivers he's ever had. Uh, and that includes Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf over the years. And we saw how good he made those guys. If what we think is going to happen, including making the running backs better uh, and, and the offense lets loose a little bit with Nathaniel Hackett, let him cook. Look at I mean, they got Seattle, Houston, uh, Vegas uh, and the Jets and, the, and Jacksonville in their first uh, in their first nine weeks. That's insanely favorable. And if Russ is slinging the ball around, uh, he's going to be putting up some points. So that's that's the lock for me. I, I mean, I feel the same way, but I, I think there's one guy and it's honestly to me, like if Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers fall to you, I feel like those are the two specifically where I'm like, just take them. They're consistent quarterbacks. They've, they're literally playing at MVP caliber levels. Yes. They may not be number one fantasy, you know, caliber levels, but those two guys, I think as one of them falls, you take them. So this one's not going to surprise you guys, but it's for me, it's Joe Burrow. Uh, led the league in shocking Joe Burrow led the league in uh, completion percentage last year uh, and yards per attempt. Um, he turned the ball over a little bit too much last year, but still ended up with 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions in his first year coming back off of an ACL tear. Uh, if you look at these top 12 guys, he's got the best group of wide receivers and pass catchers. 
um, between Joe Mixon out of the backfield. And then obviously the big ones being Jamar Chase and um, uh, T. T. Higgins. Higgins. Right. Uh, Hayden Hurst there is the new tight end who, even though we all like CJ Ozama, I think Hayden Hurst is a better pass catcher. Um, I, I just Tyler I, Boyd, too. Yeah. And Tyler Boyd, yeah, I forgot Tyler Boyd there is the third. Um, Joe Burrow is only going to get better, which is pretty crazy considering how good he was. And if he's going as the, you know, 10th quarterback off the board, you can get him late and he's going to be of a lot of value. And um, I would be all in on Joe Burrow here uh, as in this crew. Now, again, to your point, Vito. Rodgers, Brady, they're there. Take them. It's a good pick. But that's that's where my gut instinct is kind of at right now. Um, of the remaining guys, particularly we're looking at the young guys, because Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, I think we know what they are. I think they're both going to have good seasons. Both have top wide receivers to throw to. Um, but of the rest of those guys that are the younger guys, someone who's going to make a splash, right? We're talking about Trey Lance. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence, uh, Tua. I, your boy Jameis, even though I, I'm not too bullish on, on Jameis, but you never know. <laughs> um, and then some of the other guys that are on question, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones. Uh, Scotty, I feel like I know where you're going to go, um, but I am curious now that we're here, uh, you know, just a, a week or two before the start of the season, how is the, how is the confidence level when it comes to Trey Lance? Um. It's uh, it's average, I think. Um, look, he's a rookie. At the end of the day, he's uh, he's going to have his struggles. Um, and frankly, I think Kyle is the kind of head coach that will ease him into those struggles, uh, rather than you know saying, "Hey, go make the bad decision. That's cool. We'll figure it out." Um, it's it's more teachable for for Kyle to to be able to you know show him how to, to grow up and learn to be a, an, an elite NFL quarterback, um, especially with the tool set he has. And they're really mon, uh, modeling the offense off of, and he fits into uh, what Kyle already has really well. So average, like you, cautiously optimistic uh, about my team uh, and my quarterback. Um, so for me, the guy in that group uh, then is, is going to be Tua. Um, Interesting, because I think the the ceiling is much higher uh, on Tua than than where he's ranked, uh, especially now that he's he's got Jalen Waddle in a second year, uh, and oh by the way, you add Tyree Kill uh, plus Mike Isiki, who's who's they they have had unbelievable chemistry over the past couple of uh, seasons. So um, the 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 fact that the ceiling is so high on Tua. Um, and and for for value, I mean, the floor isn't that low either. I mean, he's a pretty decent, you know, uh, guy to pick up if, if if he's not drafted. Um, he's one of those guys that you want to stream when you're when your quarterback has a buy too. So, um, yeah, I mean, high ceiling for me. I think Tua's got the most to prove, and he can be a, a splash if if uh, if you if you pick him. No, I, th- I think you're. I think you got your boy wrong here, Scotty, because I think Trey Lance could end up being like a top like six wide uh, quarterback when it comes down to the end of the year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to blow up. Like if I was I think Jalen hurts, what Jalen hurts was last year, I think is very realistic for Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. I I'm, I'm high on him. I think out of all these guys, he has the most upside. I like the two pick, but that's who I'm going with. Uh, I just didn't want to jinx it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And, and the only reason I'm not going Jameis is because of the legs. Uh, James doesn't move that well. And now that he has, he had a knee injury and everything, I know he's going to throw for probably five, 6,000 yards. Cause you know, he's going to win MVP, but it's just, sometimes that doesn't get it done. You know, you need a LASIK for me, Clef. 
<laughs> I'm I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence too. Uh, I think yeah. the, the yeah. talent is there. We know it's there. He's got much more structure around him than he did last year. The fact that he threw for 3,600 yards last year with the situation going around around him at all is impressive. Um, so I don't know. I I like seeing. I like the idea of Trevor Lawrence uh, maybe having to bounce. You know, a, a second year. You know, burst out onto the scene. Um, and I don't think we'll see any quarterbacks. I will say, and I know I tell people all the time, don't read into the preseason Kool-Aid. Malik Willis looks good. Malik Willis looks real good. You see good. that throw he had? Yeah. Like literally around the, the linebacker coming into his face. Yeah. Um, and I would have been curious to see what Zach Wilson did, but we're not going to see him for a couple weeks at least. So, uh, And then you'll have some other guys there at the bottom, your Tannehills, Matt Ryan, maybe a Mac Jones. Um but for the most part, I think that's where the, the fantasy value would stop. But again, if we did the super flex, then all of those guys we just talked about become important players that you have to you know pay attention to and you got to take risks on. So maybe maybe one day. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit the wide receivers and the tight ends. The pass catcher segment uh, will be coming up on the other side. Uh, and then at the very end of it, too, we will definitely give some love to uh, to the kickers because, you know, kickers and defense do end up you know, winning you leagues sometimes here, uh, you know, every, every once in a while games um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, maybe not leagues, but Hey, games turn into winning games turns into winning leagues, but boys, before we take our break, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Alliance accounting tax season is just like football season. It never really stops. And if you think it's hot out now, while we're waiting for football season to come back, imagine the hot water you'll be in, if you miss the October filing extension deadline and whether you are a small to mid-sized business or an individual play, playing one-on-one -on -one with your income taxes, the trusted team at Alliance Accounting is here with reliable accounting solutions to get you across the goal line without missing any deadlines. I use Alliance myself. We all do on this podcast. They're phenomenal. They've got a fantastic small team that is always available to help. And one of the things I love most about Alliance Accounting is the deep roster they provide. For both individuals and businesses, Alliances will Alliance will accurately file your federal and state taxes for you, saving you time and money. They will review your return thoroughly to check for all available deductions and credits to make sure you score the maximum refund you deserve. And they'll help you plan for your team's future with their detailed and personal analysis of your taxes and provide you solutions tailored to your needs. And it doesn't stop there. Alliance Accounting's roster will help you get through over time with their thorough and trusted bookkeeping and business finance services. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the game knowing that Alliance Accounting has got you covered for all your tax needs. Visit their website at allianceaccounting.com, that is alliance, A-C-C-T-N-G.com, or find them on their Instagram at alliance underscore accounting. Alliance Accounting, with you every step of the way. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Pass catchers on the other side. Let's take a move over to the pass catchers portion of this fantasy football preview podcast. We will start with the wide receivers and then get to the tight ends. Uh, wide receiver this year is going to be a really interesting one because it's crazy deep. Uh, there's going to be guys who get drafted really, really early. Uh, I think you could see up to as many as three in the first round, depending on the size of your league. Um and the value and obviously the scoring system. I wouldn't be surprised if in our league, we see a couple wide receivers go in the first round. 
Uh, and it makes sense because Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, those three guys all coming off of monster years. Cooper Cup basically one of the best seasons a wide receiver's ever had statistically. Triple crown winner, receptions, yards, touchdowns, all the above with Cooper Cup. Going to be tough to replicate that, but that doesn't mean that he's still not worth a potential first-round pick. So right off the bat, my question to you guys, would you draft one of those three guys in the first round? Yes. Um, and like I told you guys, I'm, I might be doing it, you know, early I may be talking about this at the first overall pick with Cooper cup. And I know that sounds wild, but I'm telling you when I do the drafts, like when we just talked about running backs, I think it's a perfect setup because we were talking about great guys who were great the last couple of years who are falling now into the second round, early third round. And I think when we're looking at all that, to me, it's like, man, you can get some, some real um, talent and, and real fantasy uh, value there. But these top guys are, if you look at the rankings, they're just so much higher above everyone else. And what I mean by that is we're talking like over 300 points, right? Is it's like the top ranked guy. It's really Cooper cups. The only guy projected for that. Well, guess what? Last year, Cooper cup, Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson did over that. And Cooper cup had over 400 fantasy points. Like he was in a realm all by himself. So I think, yeah, with, with the amount of what's going on there, it's incredible. I mean, Debo is in that category as well. He had over 300 last year. Yeah. There were six Um, guys over 300 fantasy points, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Devontae had an incredible year and he's, but, but I I think to your point, those three guys staying with their quarterbacks that, you know, uh, you know, those, those top three are, are, in my opinion, I would throw Debo in that worth a first round pick. If you know what you're doing and you're drafting, um, and if you're in a PPR, I think if you're if you're a standard, listen, it's harder to get a starting running back than it is to get a starting receiver because there's two starting wide receivers at least, and there's one starting running back. So mm-hmm. that to me, that's where you you got to really know what you're doing and make sure you go running back heavy after. But I think it's totally worth it, and I'm literally debating on whether I get one of them at one. What what about you, Scotty? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm all in on these guys, especially. Uh, you know, toward the end of rounds, if you get one or two of the the top guys, um, I think there's enough space if you're 10, 11, 12 uh, in a 12 team league to go get Jamar Chase at the at the end of the first, uh, right? Even if the top two, if Justin Jefferson and, and Cooper Cup are gone already, and that's tremendous value to me. Like the way that they, the upside for them ahead of a lot of these running backs, especially in a PPR league, it's it's huge. Um, you talk about the offenses. We you mentioned it earlier. Jeff Cooper Cup, uh, his stats last year, but then the fact that Justin Jefferson, who I think is a more athletic and more dynamic wide receiver, uh, in that offense that that is now in uh, in Minnesota, dude, like the upside is huge, and, and I, I'm all over a wide receiver uh, if if they fall. To me, it's if if, I, if I'm in the back half of the first round, if I'm drafting yeah, like seven or later, I'll really? entertain it. I, it's I always just, been so taboo, man. Like, but now I think the 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 fact that you can have like a mediocre year or an above average year as one of these elite guys and be above three hundred points, three fifty in that range, like I'll take that all day over a running back who may or may not get, uh, you know, above the three hundred threshold. That that is true, but I think the drop off in depth at the running back position is is more significant. I think once you get past the first two rounds of drafting running backs, the quality of the player really dress, drops off. Like, yeah, they'll they'll be sleepers. There might be an Elijah Mitchell or a Zeke or someone else who ends up being a 
a top 10, top 12 running back. That always happens every year. But there are a lot of really, really good, true number one wide receivers that if you're drafting at the top of the draft and you have a chance to get a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor or, you know, a, a Christian McCaffrey or someone who can have a monster season for you and you can still get rid. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Cooper Cup, Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae, you know, I feel like you pretty comfortably can pencil those guys in for 300 plus points. Um, so if you can get one of them, I don't disagree with it. I just don't think I personally would do that. I don't think it makes as much sense to spend, you know, a, a really valuable first round pick. And, and right now, Cup, Jefferson and Jamar Chase are all projected to go. Our average uh, draft um, position is all eight or higher. Cooper Cup's averaging fourth overall. Uh, Justin Jefferson six and Jamar Chase is eight. So mm -hmm. um, and even Devontae Adams there is, is 12.6. So he's right there at the, at the tail end of the um, of the first round. So um, I wouldn't, you know, shame anybody for it. It's just I think it's a I think it has a little more risk to it, but I think it has a lot of reward, too, especially if you hit on those running backs late. I just think it's easier to draft some of the wide receivers later um, because typically in the third round, fourth round, that's when you're going to see a lot of still really high quality wide receivers left. Um, so do you think, is this a group of three at the top or a group of four? Because to me, it's like three with, it's, it's four with an asterisk. Um, I'm I, yeah. only, only because I, I don't know what we're going to see with Devonte Adams. If Devonte Adams boat. is still dominant, then it's four, but. If he's still in green Bay, it's four, right. But it's just Definitely. the team change. It's an additional question mark. The other guys don't have them. They're sure things in my opinion. So. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I just don't know what the, especially with, we'll talk about tight ends in a second, but especially with Waller there, uh, what's the, the split and target share going to look like? Uh, it's certainly going to be lower than it. What? Well, maybe it might be higher though. You just don't know. I, I think it will be lower than it was in green Bay. Um, but Derek Carr might be so comfortable that because he's buddy, buddy with Devante that it'll just be uh, green Bay, but in black and silver, like that sort of look in the offense, like give it feed Devante all day. Um, I think they're going to feed it to him a lot. Um, I do think between Hunter Renfro and Waller, I do think the target numbers, because his target numbers last year were off the charts for Devonte Adams. I mean, he had 170 targets last year and had 123 receptions. Um, I think the likelihood of replicating that same amount, and even ESPN hasn't projected to lose about 35 targets this season. Um, that's a significant drop-off, you know, two or three of those could be touchdowns, right? You know, it, there's, I think he, we're going to see a slightly down year for Devante um, compared to what he did in Green Bay over the last couple of years. I still think he's, in my opinion, I still think he's the best wide receiver in football. Um, I just don't know if the situation is going to lend him to be the number one fantasy wide receiver in football, uh, which I think is either going to be Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, um, both of which are in similar spots. Uh, you know, I, I like the upside of Jamar just for the deep threat and the explosive plays. Um but I think Justin Jefferson, if that offense, but against the new offense in Minnesota, if he assimilates well and, and Kirk Cousins has a good year, then yeah, Justin Jefferson's going to put up absurd numbers and it's worth it. Uh, and that takes us to this kind of next tier of the top 10 wide receivers. Uh, Stephon Diggs, Debo, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen. Um, and you can even throw Mike Evans in there as well. Uh, I'll say right now, I am down on Debo. Not because I don't think Debo's a great player. I think Debo's a phenomenal football player. Um, I'm worried about, and from a fantasy standpoint, people drafting him, expecting him to do what he did last year, which 
he did what he did last year, playing running back and getting all those handoffs and the additional uh, rushing yards out of necessity. You know, in a perfect world, he would have never had to do any of that last year. And I do think they'll find ways to get him the ball on, on jet sweeps, and they'll probably stick him in the backfield every once in a while too. But as a pure pass catcher, Debo still wasn't as pure as a, of a pure wide receiver. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. But as a get open, burn guys like someone like Stephon Diggs, I don't think Debo's quite at that level. So I'm a little lower on him. And same thing with Tyreek, just because I am a little unsure about what that offense is going to look like, even with all the talent there. It's so much talent. But are we really going to see the same version of Tyreek with Tua throwing the football to him that we did with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I'm with you there on the on the Tyreek Hill thing because there was there was a ball I saw in the in this weekend's preseason game against the Eagles where if Tua throws the ball another yard, it's a touchdown. It's a 55 mm-hmm. yard pass through the air, but if Tua throws another ball, uh, the ball another yard in front of him, it's a touchdown. And that's what he was getting. Tyreek was getting out of Patrick Mahomes with the stronger arms. So, and that's where a lot of the upside was with Tyreek Hill. Right, was those big explosive plays. Um, I don't know if you're going to get that as much this year, uh, not only for the fact that uh, you have two of thrown in the ball, but because it's uh, because you have Jalen Waddle too mm-hmm. uh, on, on the other side. So we'll see. I, I, I'm not super high on it though. For me, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm high on it, but just because he's talented, I think it's going to work out. I just, anytime again, when you're talking receivers and switching teams, we've seen really good receivers go somewhere and not work out. We've seen Randy Moss go from the Raiders where it was okay. And he gets on the Patriots and has the greatest season a wide receiver ever had. So, you know, it's really variant here. So I just, when you're changing teams, I try to shy away, especially this high up where you have guys with established connections, stick with those when you know they're there. I think that's the key to the draft here. And, And for me, a lot of these receivers, um, have that co- continuity. I mean, Devontae Adams and Tyreek are so talented, but again, if, if, if they start falling, I take the talent, but besides that, you know, Stefan Diggs and that connection is great. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these other guys in this realm are, are awesome as well. Yeah. Um, and I would say too, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, they're the yeah. epitome of consistency. Um, they're just, they're getting boring, not fun to have them on your team always, but yeah. and when, and when with- Mike Evans is skying up for a red zone touchdown, you know, in week 10, you're going to be thankful that you just took the boring pick. Um, and I'll say this, the guy who has the highest upside in this group is CD. I mean, yep. he's the, he's the number one guy. He's the number one guy now, and he's going to get mm-hmm. fed a ton of targets. He's amazing after the catch. I think CD Lamb's going to have a huge year in fantasy. Uh, and is definitely someone that I'm circling around there, especially in that like late second round area, early third round. I think I'd be surprised if he's there by the third round, but definitely late second round. I think you'll see CD lamb go off most people's boards. And right now his ADP is 20.1. So he's right around that spot, but um, no, I, lo- I like CD a lot. I think he's pro- other than Stefan. Cause I think Stefan's probably closer to the top tier than the rest. Some of those guys in the bottom. Um, but I think CD has the potential to end the season as a top five wide receiver, pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, and then we get into some more questions here. Uh, T Higgins, who has jumped up people's draft boards, um, he's a stud. He's a great player. He's going to get a ton of targets, and we know that offense is going to throw it a lot. Michael Pittman Jr., now with uh, Matt Ryan at the helm and not Carson Wentz, I think that helps his fantasy value. DJ Moore, who, again, is another kind of becoming one of those boring guys to draft, but um, he's usually a stay away from me. He's usually someone that I, I, 
I'm just not a big fan of having on my team. Um, but he's, you look at his stats over the last few years and he quite him and Brandon yeah. cooks are the two guys who quietly put up fantastic numbers. Yeah. DJ um, Moore has had 1200 or more scrimmage yards in three straight years. Yeah. And he's going to get top five volume at wide receiver with, and those three years before he didn't even have a quarter. So imagine yeah. <laughs> what he'll do with Baker Mayfield. Now he had Josh Johnson and Cam Newton and Teddy two gloves, Teddy two gloves, uh, Sam Darnold last year, obviously, as well. Uh, and then you get into some interesting names here in this area, too. Uh, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, uh, Deontay Johnson, D.K., uh, really explosive players. One or two of these guys are going to, you know, make your fantasy team uh, and make your team into a great season. I'm having a hard time figuring out who that's going to be. Um, obviously as a homer, I would love it to be AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown's going to have a really good year, but I also get some of the hesitancy hesitancy behind it too, with, you know, what are we going to get out of, out of Jalen hurts? Um, Terry McLaurin, same thing. We know how good Terry McLaurin is. He's a stud, but Carson Wentz is going to be throwing him the football. So there's questions all over here. Who's that like solid wide receiver, you know, back end wide receiver one closer to wide receiver two that you are really excited about this year, Scotty. Uh, I'm I'm a, a resident of Pity City. I love Michael Pittman. Uh, as uh, again, finally with with a decent enough quarterback, um, I I think he was he was relatively mild the first half of last year, but he and, and won some guys some games in the in the back half of the season, including some playoff games. I think the fact that now he now has Matt Ryan throwing him the ball is going to be helpful, and Jonathan Taylor uh, will be able to open up some of that for him. Uh, and him being, again, the only the only legitimate, I think, threat out of uh, on, on either sideline uh, as a wideout is, is going to be huge. I think he'll have a great year. For me, I actually – I'm liking DJ Moore. Um, mm. I think Baker going in there, that's one – again, we'll see how the, the connection works, but – a lot of talent, <clears throat> a lot of talent in that uh, backfield now. And um, I think with Baker and with McCaffrey back, you know, it's, it's a whole different kind of style of offense they're going to see. So yeah, the, you know, there's a lot more to spread, but I think DJ Moore is one of those guys, like you said, he he's had to overcome weak QB play. Um, and I do think one of the pieces there is that, you know, if you can get him as a wide receiver one late, um, I think, you know, Baker's probably going to feed this guy because they're, I don't love the rest of Carolina's receivers. So we'll yeah, see he, he's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to be a, a used in that offense in a lot of different ways, presuming he stays healthy. Uh, some stayaways for me, at least uh, Mike Williams. I, I know he, when he's good, you know, he had a couple of big games last year. Um, the dude has just, it's the same thing with him. It's been every year. Now this is his fifth year in the league. He balls out. He gets hurt, you know, he balls out for three or four weeks and then gets hurt and then comes back and has another set of good games and then something gets tweaked. Uh, if he if he starts every game, you know, he's he's a top 15 wide receiver. He, he's that talented. He's always been that talented. Mm -hmm. But we just haven't seen that consistency from him in terms of being on the field. Uh, and obviously we love the quarterback there and he's the deep play you know, threat in that offense with, with Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's going to be Mr. Consistency. Mike Williams is going to be boom or bust big play. Um, I'm worried about DK as well. Uh, I uh, love I'm fading. Yeah. I mean, Adam Hart. yeah. And, and I love, Real DK. Hart. I love, <laughs> I mean, look, it's, it's the slowest offense in the league. They, they, 
they run 56 plays a game and you have no quarterback throwing the ball. So they're going to run the ball. They're, DK's not getting touches this year like he has in the past. No. Um, and he'll, he'll still be good. Like you got to remember, like yeah. he's still going to get a bunch of touches. Um, but yeah, I mean, the deep ball stuff's just not going to be there. I mean, Drew Locke likes to sling it deep, but it seems as though Gino's going to be the starting quarterback there going into the season. So, um, no, I, 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 for as much as everyone likes DK, I'm concerned, but I could also see DK having a season like what we've seen from Brandon Cooks from the last few years, which is like five years in a row, Brandon Cooks has a thousand yards. Like it's crazy. And yeah. everyone thinks he's, you know, washed or he's, he's not a great player or whatever. He just continually puts up thousand yard seasons and it's not a fun pick. It's one that will probably get auto drafted because everyone else is going to look for someone else underneath them. And then whoever misses your draft is going to be set to auto draft and they'll get Brandon Cooks. But just don't underestimate the, you know, and again, it's fantasy is so much about target share, how much opportunity you get. Um, and then the talent we've seen it, it's been proven Brandon cooks. It's not sexy. It's not fun, but I think it's there. Um, all right. Some of the younger guys here, um, some guys that maybe have changed teams um, or maybe on the downside of their career. Uh, look at your boys there in Denver, Jerry Judy uh, and Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland um, Sutton's the one, by the way, I think. He's going to oh, be yeah. number one, and I, I, I don't know why he's getting drafted lower than Judy. I love Judy, but just let me tell you now, if you have the chance to get him, he's going to be a surefire wide receiver number one. I, I love Cortland Sutton. I drafted him early last year, and you know, and he got hurt, which sucked because he was like my flex wide receiver. My team was so good before injuries last year. Um, and then you got uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Gabe Davis, who has been jumping up charts. I, everyone, we saw the, the run he went on at the end of last year. Might be a little bit smoke and mirrors, might be a little bit like Rashad Penny, but uh, Buffalo is definitely counting on Gabe Davis to have a big year here. He's right now ADP right around 68 to 70. So you're talking about like your back end fifth round area. Um, Darnell Mooney's high on that. I would fade him. But again, these these guys who are top wide receivers on bad teams are still going to get a lot of fantasy points because bad teams are going to be throwing the ball a shitload at the end of games. Uh, and then you get into this territory of kind of some older guys who um, are either on new teams or coming off an of injury. Uh, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, Juju, uh, anyone on there, either young or old. Give me one young guy, one old guy that you're excited for. All right, I'll start. I'm going to go Gabriel Davis, who's young, but I think is going to have um, really a breakout here. Uh and he did towards the end of the playoffs. He had that obviously the playoff, you know, like four touchdowns. And I think he's going to have a great year. Um, the, the old guy, I think that's still going to stick around actually is Michael Thomas. I just think that like, mm. I think he's going to come back. I think we forgot about him, but you know, he's, yes, he's, uh, he's getting up there, but I, he's not that old. So I, I really do. Th and he's an elite receiver. We all know what he could be. He's 29. Um, I, Jameis slung it even when he was back in, uh, you know, um, Tampa before he got here. And I think Michael Thomas is one of the reasons why he's looking forward to that. So I'm looking forward to that dynamic duo. And I think Thomas is a guy I'll take late and, and really plan on being a, a high profile and high productive player. It's been 631 days since Michael Thomas caught a pass in the NFL. Wow. Um, well, a meaningful pass, I should say, but nonetheless, I, I, I get it. Was it three years ago? He broke the receptions record, right? Like, He's unbelievable, but yeah, I just, I would not, I mean, if it's late, late and he's still around, sure. Throw him on draft and stash kind of guy. Um, if you're relying on him to be a critical part of your offense, 
uh, I would, I would stay away. But as a guy to throw on your bench and say, Hey, you know what? May I think Michael Thomas is going to bounce back. Let's see it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't hate that play either. Um, I, I've, I know for me, and I know Scotty's going to agree on, at least for some of the older guys, uh, Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. If you can get um, him in the fifth or sixth, yeah. oh, that's yeah. a pick. <laughs> um, love Allen Robinson. I think he's going to be fantastic uh, there with the Rams. And then I'll throw this one out here too. A guy that people have looked over and, and seemingly pushed down um, Juju. Juju. I'm really high on Juju this year. Uh, hmm. They forced him into the slot two years ago. Um, after coming off of back-to-back thousand yards seasons, they said, yeah, we need you to play the slot now because Big Ben literally cannot throw a football. Uh, I think the Chiefs are not only – I'm like doubling down on my take when we first started our previews about the Chiefs and winning the yeah, – I think the Chiefs might go back to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm, I'm that high on Kansas City this year. Well, um, yeah, and, and, and I, I think, think Sky Moore is going to be do well too, along with yeah. Juju. Um, and then for the young guys, I love Amon Ra St. Brown. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's an absolute stud. I know I've been watching Hard Knocks, so I might be yeah. slightly biased, but at the same time, Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, the way he finished out the season last year, and not just like the last couple games, like the last like 10 games of the season last year, he was one of the better wide receivers in fantasy. So another dude I'm definitely targeting in the draft. And you can get him late too. He's his ADP yeah. right now is sixty three. Wow. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of the young guys I like. Uh, Rashad Bateman's going to fill in a lot in Arizona in that role that Christian Kirk had. Christian Kirk, I love in Jacksonville. They're going to be slinging the ball around. Uh, Devonte Smith is a little boom bust for me, uh, just because he's going to get thrown into that X spot. Uh, he will be able to to beat guys with his route running ability, but I think AJ Brown's going to get the lion's share of, of everything there. Elijah Moore, I like Chris Godwin when he comes back from injury. Um, the young, the young guy I like is is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, not to be a homer, but he was a wide receiver <laughs> sixteen over the last uh, half of the season last year. He trained with Trey Lance all season, um, and he's he's been vastly improved as a as a pass catch, pass catcher and a route runner in uh, in camp. I love him, and I love Allen Robinson too, man. Um, it, it, like I said, if you can get Allen Robinson in the in the fifth, sixth round, something something like that, uh, you're going to be in good shape. What a couple of guys I want to throw in here because they're in the same category. Rashad Bateman being Lamar's number one. Listen, I know it's Lamar and it's the running offense, but that to me, he's late for a number one wide receiver going off the board. So if you need at least steady consecutive or a steady amount of targets. That's a solid option. Drake London out of Atlanta. I think he's also a young guy who's going to blow up. I, I just think that they're going to have to get him the ball somehow. Then Alan Lazard. I mean, at some point, one of these Green Bay receivers has to blow up, right? I Dude, mean, yeah, I'm with you. I think you you have to go in with a plan to have either one of the three guys in Kansas City or one of the three guys in in Green Bay and get late round value out of them. Yeah, I I, I was going to do a segment next called guys that everyone forgot about and Alan Lazard <laughs> was at the top of that list because I, I completely agree. And I, I liked Lazard even when Devonte Adams was there, but now the fact that, you know, those 170 targets that Devonte Adams got last year now have to be redistributed to other people. Uh, Alan Lazard's going to be most likely the front lo- uh, runner from that Christian Watson, the rookie they draft out of North Dakota state um, has been banged up for most of the camp. So I think especially in the early part of the season, Alan Lazard's going to be a big weapon for them. Um, also included on that list, Tyler Lockett. Um, you have uh, Tyler Lockett, Chase Claypool. 
uh, Kadarius Tony in his second year. And then one that I'm, you can get real late um, that I'm excited about um, Robert Woods. And I know he's coming off the ACL injury in December. Um, right now his ADP is 120th. Uh, Robert Woods was a second or third round. or was like a third round pick last year. He was a top 20 wide receiver. And I know we all like, you know, people make Tannehill jokes all the time. Think about what Tannehill did with Derrick Henry running the football and AJ Brown. And I'm not saying that Robert Woods is AJ Brown, but I'm saying that he's going to be the number one wide receiver there. And he's going to get a ton of looks and a ton of targets. And they're going to use him in a bunch of different ways. And I think Robert Woods is going to have a lot of value, uh, especially if you're going to get him somewhere around pick 120. Like we're talking about round 10 in your draft. That is incredible value for a guy who could end up being a number one wide receiver for a team that made the playoffs just a year ago and has made the playoffs the last three seasons. So mm-hmm. um, I like that. Now of the rookies that we have, who's the one Now you mentioned Drake London there, Vito, but who's the one. So if Drake London's your guy, yep. basically we're looking at Drake London, Alave, uh, Garrett Wilson, and then um, your boy, KJ Hamler, not KJ Hamler, Jesus. Uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. I'm I'm mixing up my small, fast Penn State wide receivers. Uh, Who of those guys would you most likely uh, draft or or consider drafting? I would take, uh, of the guys you named, I would take Olave. Um, I just think the the idea that uh, Michael Thomas is back and he's proven a lot in camp uh, only lends itself to the fact that he's going to get covered more. Um, and we're, I'm not really sure how much he's healed after being banged up for so long. Um, and, and if he's going to get more coverage, I'd expect Olave, who's an absolutely one of the smoothest route runners I've ever seen, uh, to be plenty open for, uh, for Jameis and his LASIK uh, repaired eyes to see him downfield. The LASIK boy. Um, That's right. I think Olave would be my pick too, but uh, a couple of names that you will see drafted, um, particularly at the end of your drafts. George Pickens uh, for the Steelers. People oh, was, loved him. That's going to be my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Traylon Burks. Uh, again, I'm really high on him. I, I, you, we've mentioned before too, Sky Moore. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really, I really like Alave and I'm not sold on Michael Thomas. So I think there's even more value in there um, considering that any, anyone else um, you look at some of the older guys that are around like Julio in Tampa Bay. Does that pique your interest at all? Devonte Parker in new England. Um, it's a little bit interesting. Any anyone in that kind of world? Kenny Galladay, maybe. Um, I'm not. Yeah, Kenny Galladay, maybe. Um, Jarvis Landry. God, no, Jarvis, I think is going to be a clear three, maybe four in that wide receiver room. Um, Jacoby Myers jumps out. I think he's going to lead the 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 team in targets. Uh, but I, I would take. I wouldn't take Devontae Parker for the same reason I wouldn't take Kenny Galladay, is because I think Jacoby Myers on the Patriots and Kadarius Tony on the Giants are going to have better years than the, than the two of them respectively. Hmm. I, I still like Devonte, but I was going to ask you guys one other thing. Where would you draft Deandre Hopkins? If you were to take him? like how late does it need to be for you to think it's worth it? Is that what? Six games. Uh, yeah. It's six game suspension. Wow. Probably. Probably the earliest would be a round eight. Okay. I'd yeah, want to, so, I'd want a full set of starters. Okay. No, it's, it's a good thing to bring up because as it people, is. as you guys are drafting in your leagues, yeah, it's a big name, but you, again, you're going to miss six weeks of production. So it's 
it's like having a buy for six weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. a lot to overcome. Uh, but he's talented. Yeah. Same, and same with a guy that I'll I'll throw in there too. If you can get him late, Michael Gallup's great. He's going to be the number two receiver in an explosive offense. Yeah. Uh, when he comes back, D Hop is currently being drafted at 102nd overall, which is right around that eighth round. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, I mean, might 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 be some value there, right? I mean, it's DeAndre Hopkins, so you never know. As as long as Kyler's still standing upright. By the time he comes, you know, he comes back, then well, that's the yeah. I'd only have three weeks together. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move over to the tight ends. Um, interesting group this year. Again, there's kind of the top two guys, Kelsey and Andrews, and then a lot of people high on Kyle Pitts. A lot of people, I feel like some people are, are kind of fading Kittle a little bit because of the injury history, and then you have Waller, and I think that kind of rounds up your your clear cut top five. Uh, with the top two being the same guys that have been there before. Um, This isn't like other years when you would see Kelsey and Kittle and Waller get drafted in the first and second rounds in some cases. Um, Where, where are you looking to draft? Because right now the average is 19th for Travis Kelsey and that's the highest ADP. Uh, Mark Andrews is right behind him at 22. And then it drops off a little bit to around pick 36. So basically you can get those first two guys uh, in the first or second round, and then it falls off to about the third round before we see more tight ends coming off the board. Yeah, I'm right there at like at the two, three turn. If you don't have one of those top two, maybe three. Don't, don't worry about it. I think Kyle Pitts is going to fall unless somebody's like in your league is super in love with him. See, I think every league, I think you can get value dude. out of it. I think every, every league is going to have one team that one guy who's just in love with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. yeah, it's been happening. I'll tell you, in my drafts I've done so far, mock in just a couple of real ones. The top three guys are going quick. I, I think it, really quick. I mean, even getting down to, you know, to me, it's those f- first three, and then the Darren Waller, Waller, George Kittle are the next kind of elite guys, and there's another drop. And I think that during the top five tight ends, if you don't have one, then you might as well wait. That's kind of my approach. I don't know how you guys feel. Like if you get one of the elite ones and you can get one that you can count on every week, great. If not, the drop off between, you know, someone like Zach Ertz and even Mike Isecki, to your point earlier, Scotty, is not that much. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think the drop off's higher in other spots. Yeah, I, but, I, absolutely. Yeah, there's a certain cliff there for, for Titans, for sure. But I think those first three are worth taking high. But like, Jeff, what, what about you? Like how high are you? Get, like, would you take Mark Andrews in the second? Yeah, I, I would take Kelsey yeah. or, or Andrews in the second. Um, I don't think I would take Pitts in the second. I might flirt okay. with it. Um, based off of where I am in our draft, I'm going to have the turnaround second and then quickly the third pick. Oh, yeah. Our third round pick. So that would be early third round. So I don't know if I yeah. would if I would do it. Um, if Kelsey's there, I would take Kelsey just because the consistency. It's just hard. It's hard not to. Uh, but again, that also yeah. you have to take a look about like where, where your board is at, right? Like if you go wide receiver – wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, and then tight end like that wide receiver, running back, tight end is not a bad first three picks to go at, you know? Um, But you also have to be cognizant that if you do go wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, running back, and then you go tight end, then you might be missing out on some guys you can get in the third round who are really, really valuable players. Uh, Especially because I think there is some sneaky depth here at the tight end position. Um, yeah. I, I do think those top two guys are a, the clear cut top guys. But when we did our position rankings earlier this, this summer, I had Dallas Goddard really high. And that's again, not just Eagles bias. It's 
Dallas Goddard is going to end up being a top five tight end in fantasy and probably a top three yeah. tight end in football. Like I'm that high on Dallas Goddard. Um, Darren Waller, consistently fantastic. If Kittle stays healthy this year, he should be the number two tight end ahead of Mark Andrews, in my opinion. I think Kittle is that good and that much of a difference maker. Uh, you'll have somebody who takes Dalton Schultz, but again, we've gone over this a million times on this pod. So much of his production came from being the fourth option in an offense last year that had a million weapons on it. So let other people draft Dalton Schultz. Uh, I like TJ Hawkinson a lot. He's the most reliable pass catcher on that Detroit team. And then after Goddard is then I think that's when you start to see him drop. Now I do think Frymuth is going to be really good. Um, I do think uh, Mike Kosicki can be really good. Cole Komet, I'm really high on. Uh, PPR and then, machine. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry. I'm, I mean, we've seen it from Hunter Henry in the past, but again, the injury thing with him is always the problem. Uh, and then Hunter Henry, and then Dawson Knox, like Dawson Knox had some nice moments, but he's never really been the pass catcher tight end for them. He's always been just another option. And maybe they're going to factor him in more, but I feel like we've seen like, what, three years now of Dawson Knox. And, and he's always been kind of middle of the road, solid production, but just it's never like top tier guy. And so I feel like if he's your starting tight end, there are guys ranked behind him who are going later than him that I would rather have instead of Dawson Knox besides despite the fact that I do like Dawson Knox as, as a player. Yeah, me too. I it's it's inconsistent. Well, not inconsistency. He can get you touchdowns, right? It's just it's more boom or bust for me. And at that value, that's not where I'm looking for for that. No. Uh, you know, I can go yeah. get a wide one of these wide receivers for for that in any round beyond eight. Yeah. Um, so he, he had 49 catches for 587 yards and he had nine touchdowns. So the nine touchdowns helped him a lot last year. Yeah. But like Mike Kosicki, who's being drafted after him, had 780 yards, uh, you know, and he only had two touchdowns, but he caught 73 balls. You know, so he caught 20, 24 more passes. Scott in the end zone a lot less, but the, the, the touchdown number is going to regress. That, that is so much of an outlier for the rest of Dawson Knox's career that I would think that has to regress. Especially with the the fact that Stefan Diggs is going to be out there, uh, Gabe Davis is going to eat more, up, up more of those touchdowns as we saw in the back half of last year, and now they got Jameson Crowder out of the slot who's who's going to eat up a lot of that too. So, and if they're committed to running the ball um, closer to to the goal line, as as I'm sure they will be with either you know Singletary, James Cook, or uh, Josh Allen himself, uh, I think. Yeah, you'll see that number drop a whole lot. Yeah. Um, any sleeper tight end picks? Guys who are – because go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, I, I think Gusecki actually falls into that. Uh, he's ranked right now 20th. You know, you're going to be able to get him at the end of your draft probably. Um, I, I do think that uh, th- there's a couple other ones. Albert O, like we had mentioned, uh, like – a little bit there, but Denver's tight end, Albert O good luck pronouncing the last name. Everyone just calls him Albert O and, and he's just going to be at the end of the day, he's going to be a, an option for Russell Wilson. We'll see how powerful this offense is, but he's great out there. Then Robert Tonyan for me is another guy who yep. just as late as he is with all the other weapons leaving, uh, I'm big on him. Um, so what, what do you think though? Well, I do just want to clear up. Jasicki is ranked 13th on ESPNs and, um, or his ADP is 13th and he's ranked 13th on uh, the ESPN uh, big board. Um, But, but still is not considered a top 12 tight end. 
Um, so he's not necessarily, I wouldn't say sleeper as much as he's someone that you can get who may not be drafted, you know, in the prime. He's someone you can get later. And, and one thing I want to clarify, and this is actually a good point for me to bring up to all drafting people. If you've stuck around this long, I go in and filter by fantasy points. I don't know if anyone else does this, Mm. but they will rank players higher with lower projected fantasy points for some reason. So right away when I go in, I go to flex and I, I filter by the actual total projected points. And you can flip back to last year. It's it's a really good way to do it. Um, but yeah, you're you're correct. Sorry about that. No, no, you're good. I just want to make sure we 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 saw that. Um, and that and part of the reason he's projected for less, even though he might be ranked higher, is because of that they rank him higher as a player. But they project that if the whole team goes out and plays, then you're going to have Jalen Waddle, Tyreek. You're going to have more yeah. mouths to feed, so he's not going to get as many targets. So I think that's kind of what what goes into that. Um, yeah, so I, but I am with you on the Robert Tanyan one coming off of the injury last year. He was a really, really good weapon, and they need weapons for Aaron Rodgers to throw to, especially in the play action with how much they're going to run the football. Um, I like him a lot. I mentioned Cole Komet. He's one uh, that I think you can get value. I like Hayden Hurst, too. Again, he's, he's one that you're not going to draft likely, but he is somebody that you could have as a, you know, a, a fill-in to pick up on free agency when, when your player gets out. I just think he's going to be – consistent he'll have some really big games uh, but he's a better pass catcher than what Cincinnati had at the tight end position before and I think they're going to use him as an additional weapon because similar to what Dallas had last year with Dalton Schultz you know you're going to have all these massive unbelievable skill players around Joe Burrow the fourth option fifth option a lot of plays might end up being Hayden Hurst and we saw that in college with Thaddeus Moss at LSU with Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. he connected with him in the red zone a lot so just as a sleeper guy, maybe you pick him up if you have a bad matchup for tight end or something one week um, or your guy gets hurt. He's someone I would think to take a look at. Uh, anyone else, Scotty, that we missed? I love Zach Ertz this year for the value. Uh, look, he's going to be one of the top, probably top two or three uh, receiving on that team, uh, at least for the first six weeks, right, without uh, without DeAndre Hopkins there. He had an unbelievable uh stretch of, of fantasy games ever since he had gotten traded to uh to Arizona. Uh, I think it was the last like five weeks he he just absolutely went off. Um and so I, I think he's gonna be a really viable option for for Kyler Murray uh with again without uh without DeAndre Hopkins being on the field. Any chance because he's ranked 27th that Rob Gronkowski sees the field at some point this year? In December. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if like he literally signs up for playoffs and comes out and runs like goal line routes and that's it. That'd be hilarious. Like four touchdowns. Yeah. (laughs) You know, not saying definitely don't draft him because there's always going to be somebody who makes that kind of joke, funny pick at the end of the draft, which I will say I did that one year with Michael Vick and it was the year he won player comeback player of the year and was the number one fantasy player in the league. Uh, I literally did that with the last pick in the draft. (laughs) Uh, and that worked out pretty well for, uh, for me. So, uh, but no Gronk, um, I don't think we see him before November at the earliest, but Hey, you know what? Uh, and then the only other long shot I'll throw out there, it's unlikely, but OJ Howard in Buffalo, he's one of those guys that I've just never given up hope on because he's so big and so athletic that I was just, I'm always kind of like, yeah, but like, if he just saw, if he got it all together, he'd be so good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the boyfriend that, you know, the girl's like, yeah, but I can change him. Yeah. I, can fi- I can fix him. OJ Howard, I can fix you. All right. Just, you know, come on. 
um, but not not likely to see much uh, much from him. And of course, if we're talking tight ends, we have to shout out the guy who'll be the number two tight end by the time the Eagles season starts. Grant Calcaterra, sleeper, dark, oh. dark, dark horse uh, for the Philadelphia. I, I was telling so as the boys said, I have the number one pick, and I was considering just throwing him the number one pick just to make a statement and get his ADP up there for ESPN. But uh, well, I'm drafting uh, number two, I so I would. Uh, I would love that if you wanted to do that. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, all right, let's take one more break. We'll come back. We'll hit the defense and the kickers and we'll wrap up our fantasy pod on the other side. And everyone's favorite part of the fantasy football draft and the fantasy world, the defenses, special teams and kickers. Uh, we'll go relatively quick over this. Uh, some of the rankings we were just talking about in the break there seem really, really odd. Uh, you have teams like Washington up as high as like number 10, uh, you have the Patriots at like 15. Um, the Bengals are ranked high first. I mean, I think the Bengals defense will be better, but um, still don't love that. But the top five to six are all pretty solid right now. ESPN on the ADP side has the Bills, the Saints, the Packers, the Ravens, the Bucks, the Niners, Cowboys, Colts, Steelers, Chargers as the top 10. Um, do you think any, I mean, I, I guess at this point, it's just what teams do you like? What team do you like defensively? Like, I think the Browns are going to be really good defensively this year and uh, they're all the way down at 18. So that <laughs> seems to be odd. I don't know if, if, if I'm missing something. Um, the Rams being at 11 seems odd to me. Uh, but at the same time, I think unless you're, I mean, right now the Bills defense ADP is 83. The Saints is 101. And then the Packers is 114. So already there's a clear drop off from the top, you know, teams there. I'd like Buffalo's defense, but I don't think Buffalo's defense is that good. It's, it's hard. Like when you're thinking about a fancy defense, right? It's not always the, the best defense in the land uh, is going to be the top defense. It's, and, and, it's about how they score, right? That's the whole point of fantasy. And there's, I think this position and the kickers too, but mostly defense has the most variance among how leagues score that the drafts are all over the place, mm. right? Do I think that that San Francisco's defense is better than Tampa Bay? I don't as, as a whole, but we'll probably score more points. If we have, if your league has more sacks involved, then you'll probably score more points. If interceptions are more valued, you'll probably get a better value out of, Buffalo or or Tampa Bay or uh, or Denver even, um, so yeah, it, it really all depends on on your league scoring, um, and and again, I think it's so widely variant that that it's really hard to project. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, all right, so who and knowing that who is who are you eyeballing and how early are you willing to take a defense? Defense to me is one of those that you're either going to hit or you're not and more often than not you're going to end up streaming um to me so you know pick one that you think is probably good at the beginning of the year that has the the most talent knowing the the rules that you can get the most points out of um i would look uh i would look at teams like denver or indianapolis uh, or the chargers even or the saints ahead of some of these teams that are that are in the top uh three or four um just because th those those are where points are going to be had on defensive uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. 
Otherwise, and, you can just stream all week, all year long. Well, I think I think for me, I, like there's a couple options there. One is to your point, go back and look at who did well last year and what changed. Because I think some of these projections, this is the year I have the most uh, objection. I think to the defensive rankings of ESPN. I think it's all over the place. To your point, so you can get some folks later. But I, I'm if you're looking at the top tier folks, I mean, I'm looking at the Packers. Just realizing they have a great defense, they're in a division that's favorable. They have six games against those other teams in the NFC North. So, you know, I, I really do believe that that's a team, especially the style they're going to play this year. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more, um, or at least a little more, you'd hope. I mean, it's still Aaron Rodgers, but either way, that's a good team. Um, and then I think one other option, which is something I've been known to do here once in a while, is if, if you, you're drafting and you're like, hey, man, I don't love one of these defenses, go ahead and take the one you think is going to be the best and get a second good defense. Scott, your point, people do this whole one team and they pick up and drop based off of like who they're playing. If you can get two defenses that are mid-tier, but you play the matchup game, that's better even than just waiting for free agency. And usually all you're doing is giving up a, a pick that you're probably going to cut at some point anyway for a free agent. So that's true. Um, to me, I, I go with two defenses sometimes. And then that way, you know, you can play that matchup game for at least the first couple weeks so you find your fit. That's an interesting strategy. I hadn't hadn't thought about doing that, um, or at least the thought process. I've seen you do it before, but I hadn't thought about the thought process behind it. Um, the big thing too with defenses is you want to be ahead of the the stream. You know, it's it's almost like you know when you're driving and you see a bunch of lights in front of you and you catch the wave at the right time. Like you always want to try to for kickers and defenses, you always want to be slightly ahead of the wave. Um, because mm. if you're a little bit behind it, then you're going to be left with some of those mid-tier teams, especially if the draft order doesn't end up lining up for you. Um, or if you have, you know, if you're the last pick or the first pick in a round or the second or second to last pick in a round, you know that you're going to have two rounds before you go. And that's when the wave of, of defenses and kickers go, you can end up getting kind of screwed. And so I'm, I tend to err on the side of maybe drafting a little bit higher, maybe overdrafting a little bit. But in the past, that's always, I think the last two years, it's given me Justin Tucker um, and the, the Bills defense are, you know, a, a good defense to kind of couple with that. And again, it seems trivial, but sometimes these positions do matter. Um, I am with you though. I love the Packers. I also really like the Ravens. Ravens only had 58 fantasy points last year. Uh, and compared to the, you know, the top end teams that are in that hundred to 150 range, like I think the bills had 154 and they were the first place defense. Um, just be careful with reading the fantasy points from the year before. Cause a lot of that comes from turnovers and we know from yep. football turnovers have a lot of luck involved as well. So the yeah. Ravens getting all of those guys, all of the players on defense, their whole secondary coming back, uh, as well as some of the stuff they did in the draft is, uh, is good. Um, all right, let's finish. Go ahead, Scotty. I was going to say, sticking in the AFC North, the Steelers are ranked like 20th, and they were the third overall in points last year, yeah. and they got better. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that might be a spot no, to get part, some Part of that too. is also the expected regression of Fitz, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and Connor or uh, Cam Hayward, who all had like off-the-charts seasons last year, like as good as they could possibly have played seasons. And expecting them to go out and do that again, they'll regress a little bit. But I'm with you for for where they're being drafted. I think their ADP right now um, is somewhere around 11. Uh, that that seems a little bit too low uh, for for a good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, let's wrap it up here with kickers. Obviously, Justin Tucker's number one, but Evan McPherson last year proved himself to be a damn good kicker and uh, is the kind of the closest thing we've seen to a Justin Tucker like guy with the swagger and confidence and everything he had. 
the rest of it though, is you're going to look at teams that score a lot of points. Um, you want to get extra points. Uh, there's another way you can go about it where you look at a team like new England, right. Who Nick Folk is right now the sixth, uh, ranked or sixth highest ranked kicker. Um, and, and thinking about it from that perspective is that, all right, maybe it's a team that doesn't get into the end zone as much, but they settle for a lot of field goals. Uh, and a good kicker, young way Koo, I think will fall into this category this year. Um, mm-hmm. And we know, we know how Vito feels about our boy young way. Um, so, One other yeah. guy I was going to throw out there, Brandon McManus, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. coming in to your point, scoring a lot of points <clears throat> playing half his games at mile high in Denver. It yeah, does matter. Altitude. He gets five extra yards in the kick. Um, and he's been really steady with a bad offense. So I, I just am excited to see what he's going to do in fantasy this year uh, from the kicking standpoint. Yeah. And like someone like Jake Elliott, who yeah. I think hit yeah. made like 94% of his field goals last year. Now 2020, he had a rough year, but in 2021, he bounced back at like 94% completion uh, on his field goals. Uh, you know, look, if you're a professional kicker at this point, we know the guys who are good. I mean, Matt Prater still around Graham, Gano. Um, they're guys who've been around for a long time. Um, yeah, Jake Elliott was uh, literally only missed two kicks all of last year. Um, 30 or three, sorry, he was 30 of 33. So uh, that's a pretty ridiculous stretch. Um, one of those was blocked too. So, yeah, I mean, just look for teams that score a lot of points. You can get the extra points on them and then, you know, keep an eye out for, you know, maybe if, if you want to take a risk on a player, a team that has a good kicker, but maybe not get into the end zone as much, um, that's where you're going to get. And again, same thing with the defenses be ahead of the curve. If you want to get one of the top guys, if you want Justin Tucker, you want Evan McPherson, try to judge it and see where it's at. And look, you might end up drafting them a little bit too early, but if you're the one that starts the wave, then everyone else in your draft is taking it. Then they're spending their picks on kickers too. And then you can go in and get valuable players that, you know, you're, you're basically just delaying who you would have picked there back another round. Cause you're setting off that kind of wave of uh, of kickers. So all right. Uh, yeah, I was ahead. just going to mention one thing to notice for kickers. I'm in a league where missed extra points are still like minus three points. It's happening a lot more often now. And, and fun fact for you guys, the only kicker last year to not miss an extra point was Chris Boswell hmm. for Pittsburgh. Hmm. Everyone else missed an extra point. We've hit that. The extra points That's matter surprising. now. Yeah. <laughs> every, like, you know, it's crazy. Everyone's yeah. missed at least one. I'll throw this out there too. Um, something I just thought of. Remember how many teams are going for it on fourth down now, too. You mm-hmm. know, a, a, a Robbie Gold, for example, um, or I don't, yeah. know who the, I don't know who the Chargers kicker is, right? But uh, any coaches that are heavily analytics-driven who go for it a lot more on fourth down are taking away opportunities for kickers, too. Which, again, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about kickers here in fantasy, right? It's not the end-all, be-all. Um, but it is something to think about. Um, it is something to think about. All right. Uh, any other fantasy things you guys want to send out there before we wrap up the pod? Good. Get them. May the yeah. fantasy gods be with you. <laughs> and have fun with it. Have fun with it. You know, fantasy's fun. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Love your leagues. Thank your commissioners. Always be appreciative to your commissioners. They put in more Apolo- work than, than you think. Yeah, we do. And apologies in advance to your significant others. Yes, that as well. Um, All right. Well, that's going to do it. That is the read option fantasy football preview pod. We will be back on Friday. Uh, We're going to take on the big 12 with uh, our buddy, Josh neighbors. And then we will break down the pac 12. Scotty will not be with us, but Vito and I have you covered week one of college football starts this week. We got a little, we didn't even talk about the Northwestern Nebraska game. Um, Holy Scott Frost. Jeez. 
Um, what a weird, weird game, but uh, not to rub it in. Uh, and we'll hit this on the way out because I'm sure people at this point uh, have tuned out as we were wrapping up. But uh, your boy went 3-0 and in his first three picks of the hey. year. So going undefeated this year, going undefeated. Vito started off the year 1-2, and two, but it's a long season. It's a You're long the season. Vanderbilt of betting right now. Exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Lord help me, it's not going to be that bad. All right, uh, we will talk to you guys on Friday. Have a wonderful week. Love you all. We'll talk to you guys then. Take it easy, everybody.